In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. You can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world, but we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you might be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what the impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. And you can find us all over the net. Now, I invite you to connect with me. Send me a note onto leadershipbeyondborders uh, at gmail.com and tell me what you want to hear about on this show. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or for yourself. Now, on to today's episode. You know, I was just reading, and according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, 4 million Americans quit their jobs in July 2021. Resignations peaked in April 2021 and remained abnormally high over the next months with the record-breaking 10.9 million open jobs in the U.S. at the end of July. Now, this trend has not quite reached Europe yet, but Personio recently conducted a study among Dutch workers, which had similar trends to the U.S. They found out that 46% of the people they surveyed plan to quit their job in the next six months to a year. And that's 5% more than the global average. Now, what is this all about? I mean, you can read a lot of articles and a lot of arguments. I mean, some people say too much government support. Some people say Zoom exhaustion. But there's one thing that's for sure. The pandemic has caused us all to reflect on our careers and our lives, okay? There has been a shifting of values, a shifting of focus on careers, and a lot of people started rethinking. But is there a way to continue your career and your life the way you want to without quitting your job? Now, our guest today has written a book and believes this. Darcy Eichenberg is an executive coach and speaker who's worked with high-performance leaders and teams, such as the teams at Coca-Cola, Microsoft, State Farm, Deloitte, Hewlett-Packard, and other great companies. Her focus is in career growth, employment engage, employee engagement, and leadership development, and she speaks at conferences and to organizations around the world. She's the author of Bring Your Superpowers to Work, your guide to more clarity, confidence, and control. And she blogs regularly on leadership and career issues at redcaperevolution.com. Her ideas have been shared with the Harvard Business Bureau, Thrive Global, CNN, and many other institutions such as Forbes. Now, she has a new book out. It's called Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job, and it is now available on Amazon. So, Darcy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So, let's just start out. What what caused you to, to what write this new book? Well, I think that the trends that brought me to read the book or write the book were happening 
really before the pandemic, so many of my clients were having these conversations about what's next for me and is this all there is? And often what I would find is that when something wasn't going right in someone's job, maybe there was some change that was happening internally, or maybe they were going through some change personally. What consistently seemed to happen is that they would follow the conventional wisdom and say, well, if something's not right here, then I guess that means that I have to go find another job. But that's a hard process. And even if they found another job, they would find that in about six to eight months, the same topics would come up again and again. And so I realized what the truth is, is that so there are so many things we can do right where we are, just as we are, in order to be able to change our life at work without having to change everything in our life. And those ideas really became the book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's great. And you said, you know, some of these trends and you talk about, you know, people say, oh, it's not going all right here. I'll find something else. Um, you know, th- that was happening before the pandemic. And then all of a sudden we had this great resignation. OK, the great quit. Um, do you what do you think that's about? Do you think that's about just people re- reflecting new on life work balance? Or do you think it's being frustrated of, of what you said is things not going right in the job? Do you have any ideas on the drivers behind this? I think it's a couple of things. Actually, there's some really interesting research from Gallup that indicates that even before the pandemic, that negative emotions in the workplace had been steadily increasing over time. So I think the the pushing the pause button that was the great pandemic gave more people not only some time to reflect and think about what they want, but also to some degree gave our society a little bit more permission to think differently, to break away from some of the concepts that maybe worked for our parents, but that weren't working for our work anymore. Um, I do think that one of the cautions with the great resignation is that there are some people who, there are plenty of people who have done the work, who got clear about what they want, who have made good plans and processes and are moving on to new things. But there are a lot of people and conversations that I've had with, with some of my readers and other people that they've just decided to leave without really thinking through a longer term plan. And that my worry is that the great resignation for some is going to turn into the great regret. Mm, yeah, that that's probably very true. And um, I, I like what you said. It kind of gave us permission to rethink, okay? Um, because we don't live in the same work environment as our parents did. Um, and you talk about in your book about kind of resetting how you think, okay? Uh, what do you mean by that? We only control three things in our lives at work. And quite honestly, it's the same three things we just control in our lives. And they're this. We control everything we think, we control everything we say, and we control everything we do. And that's it. We don't control anybody else. We can't control the economy, the virus, the our government. There's so many things that are out of our control. But when we recognize what we do control, and that's really one of the core themes behind Red Cape Rescue, is recognizing what we do control so that we can take back that control. And revising what you think is one of those big ones. You know, the, the brain wants to keep us safe. The The brain sends us all sorts of negative messages to try to keep us playing small. Oh, don't do that. Don't get too close. Don't, you know, don't go overboard. Um, and in our workplaces, this, we hear that voice in our head that keeps us from asking for what we need or keeps us from moving forward. And so being able to make sure that um, we recognize that's not really our better selves talking. That's actually just that little part of the brain that's trying to protect us. We can learn how to talk back to that brain and we can, and then that's a way to take control over some of the messaging that maybe we've had all of our lives, but it doesn't have to be that way. And when you say take control, and those are really good points and think, say, and do. Okay. But a lot of times in the job, um, we forget that we actually have control about 
what we do, okay? And it kind of reflects back to what you said, the brain playing tricks. And in your book, you talk a little bit about um, uh, example from Buddhism with the with the monkey brain, okay? And um, how it kind of plays tricks, you know, left side, right side, the monkey brain tells us what to do and we can't control it. How do you, how do you manage that and get that back in order? I think the first step is even just to recognize that this is who we are as human beings, right? This is not you. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. This is just biologically how we're built. We're built with that monkey brain, as the Buddhists would say, (laughs) that swings from thought to thought and tree to tree. Uh, There's actually an excellent book that came out earlier this year called Chatter by Ethan Cross, who's a professor at University of Michigan, I believe. And uh, in, in, chatter, Cross actually shows some ways that that scientists have measured how many different thoughts are going on in a human brain at the same time. I have no idea how they would do that. But but being aware of all these thoughts that go on, all the energy it consumes, all the different ways that it pulls you, I think is that first step. Because once you can see it separate from yourself, then you have the ability to talk back to it and be able to talk to it uh, as to what the truth is. Because, I mean, I'm sure you've had this, Kimberly, where that that little lizard brain, that little (laughs) monkey brain sits in that tree and says, oh, that wasn't good enough. Oh, you need to try harder. Oh, you're not this or you're not that. But those things are lies. They're not true. And we have to learn how to talk back to it. And I show some techniques in the book as to how you can learn to talk back to that brain and get closer to the true part of yourself. What I like to think of is the heroic self that is you at your very best. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, 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 that monkey swings in my brain all the time. I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations, you're human. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you're talking about recognizing what you control, and we're talking about this monkey brain, the stuff, the thoughts. Um, we all grew up different places. I mean, we have a culturally diverse um, workforce today. How much, how much, how much emphasis is value play in this how we think you know and what's going on in our head our values how important is that well i think it's very important for us individually to recognize what our personal values are and i think that when you get to certain points in your career we sometimes are distant from it um when i ask clients what do you value? People often default to, oh, well, my family or my health. But when we tease apart and look at where they're spending their time, we often don't see that their actions follow their values. And so this is an important exercise. And it's a chapter in the book with some tools to be able to help you identify what are your values? You know, what what do you find you know, valuable means I am able to fulfill these values. So what are those values? And realizing that you may have values that are different than the ones that were you were born with or that the people around you are um, are demonstrating, that's okay because most of the conflicts that we have in our life come from situations where something is rubbing against our values. And mm-hmm. I, I explain it often like, it's kind of like two keys hitting next to each other on the piano. Individually, they're each fine, but when you hit them together, it's just noise. It just really creates kind of a conflict. So knowing our values can be really important. Mm-hmm. And and that's interesting when you think on the workplace now, because you know a lot of a lot of what I've read on this the, the big resignation is also people, you know, saying, well, this organization or this company doesn't meet my values. So, um, have you had conversations like that? You know, do you think that might be a driver also behind this? The funny thing about when we talk about these big picture concepts like employers or organizations is that they're all people. Like your company is people and Mm -hmm. there are different cultures and values in a three person team inside a 300,000 
person company. So I think it's really important to recognize what are your values first and then to be paying attention to what are the values of those that are around you. I think it's good to watch what your company is doing collectively, but sometimes that you know we make assumptions about well because it's a big company it can't have good values. Well, what's mm-hmm. good or bad? I think every company would say that what they something that they are doing is a benefit to somebody somewhere. It's got to be up to you to decide, is that a connection that works for you and the things that you value? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that that's interesting when you think about the, the the age of the workforce. I mean, that's something that you know Generation Z or the Millenniums probably put a, were searching their values more than the later generations, you know, or all the way up to the baby boomers. So, do you think there's been more of an awareness on the values maybe in the younger or it's um, younger generations or younger workforce now? I think awareness and even I'll go back to that word permission. And we don't think we Mm -hmm. should have to have permission. But I think we create more of the language in the culture that makes it okay to talk about these things. Our parents, our parents' parents had different things that they needed. Our societies are evolving. And so being able to talk about uh, these broader things, these things that aren't the immediate just shelter and warmth and food, being able to talk about values uh, is a next generation part of having a better job and a better life at work. Yeah, permission. I like that. So we're going to take a, a short break, Darcy. And for our listeners, we are talking with Darcy Eichenberg, and she's an executive coach and speaker. She's also the author of Bring Your Superpowers to Work, Your Guide to More Clarity, Confidence, and Control. She blogs regularly. And she has a new book out, what we're talking about today, Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job, and it's available on Amazon. If you'd like to get hold of Darcy, you can get hold of her on redcarpetevolution.com is her website. She's on Facebook under, uh, excuse me, Red Cape revolution.com okay and on facebook under red cape revolution and on instagram under coach darcy eichenberg and she's also on linkedin under darcy eichenberg and this series is also brought to you by cinda and cinda holds virtual trainings conferences does market research and legislative white papers on digital so to learn more about cinda please go to www.cinda.org and with that we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tax laws are constantly changing. How can you keep up? Tune in to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. By working together year-round, we'll help you implement proactive tax strategies to ensure you are paying the least amount of tax possible and work to increase your business cash flow. We'll help you file your business and individual tax returns accurately, safely, and properly the first time. Listen every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready to hear from investors and get insight on different asset classes? Join host Troy Eckert for the program, Talk with the Texan, Money and Life. Troy works with high net worth investors and is ready to bring you the secrets he's learned in his 35 years of alternative investment experience, along with his guest experts. If you want value, you'll need to listen in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Darcy Eigenberg, and she's an executive coach, speaker. She's worked with high-performing leaders and teams at Coca-Cola, Microsoft, State Farm, Deloitte, Hewitt-Packard, and many others. She's also the author of Bring Your Superpowers to Work, Your Guide to More Clarity, Confidence, and Control. She blogs regularly, and she's had her ideas shared in Harvard Business Review, and she has a new book out, Red Cape Rescue and Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job, available on Amazon. And that's what we're talking about today. So, Darcy, um, you know, good point on the values, but we were talking about values um, before. So, we do, I really liked what you said about getting permission, okay, because I think I think anyone who's not a millennial or, or uh, Gen Z probably still kind of has in their head, they have to look for permission to to really reflect themselves and search themselves. But when it comes down to job searching, okay, it all comes down to what's in LinkedIn, what's on paper. Um, and sometimes on paper, it looks maybe really good or it doesn't look good, but either way, we're satisfied or not satisfied. What's going on there? Well, first of all, I, I would say that while many of us crave permission, we don't need permission to do the yeah. things that are right for us. And that's part of getting clear on who you are and what what you want in your world of work. Um, so, but we still have a job search process in many ways that is structured from a time that we don't live in anymore. Um, often we we believe that we are the job and it's a static way that we look at the job but the truth is that our work is it's all made up i mean it's changing every minute and i bet any one of your listeners if they really stopped and wrote down everything that they're doing today compared to maybe what or how they were doing it even six months ago jobs keep changing and so when we are thinking about what's next for us. When we're looking external, we're looking at two-dimensional lists of, that are usually laundry lists of everything mm. in the wish list <laughs> that a company wants, right? There, and, and it feels intimidating or it feels hard to even know what's the process to even find out more about that job. Most jobs, especially for knowledge workers, can't really be described in terms of what your duties are. And I think this is a new way of thinking that when we have to think about what is the value that we bring, um, what is the pain or the problem that we uniquely solve, we've got to be thinking below the surface. And this entails asking better questions and having bigger conversations about what is the work really, not what the work is as it's described in a two-dimensional way on paper. And I want to stay on that for a minute with the two-dimensional because you, you, there's something about that that's a hot spot with me, okay? And it's technology. So we're talking about getting conversations, trying to not make it two-dimensional, but the technology behind job searches makes it so robotical, so to you know, dimensional with keywords, searching. Um, it's almost taken the human process out of it. So. Do you really think we've lost that proven process in this in this job search process? Has it gotten worse than it was before? So I would go farther and even say it's broken. And yeah. how do we know it's broken? It's broken because, and I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but in the U.S., I know that we have as many open jobs as there are job seekers, and 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 yet there's no match. There's actually been a couple of people who independently have done some. I would call it loose research where uh, fully qualified, they've applied online to a number of, let's call it more retail consumer jobs, you know, more of an entry level type of job and haven't gotten even a call back. So, 
companies need to recognize, and especially leaders who are experiencing the pain of not having enough people, that the systems are broken. You know, the systems evolved for a reason in the early 2000s because, you know, they, they we were using automation to be able to try to speed up this process so we could focus our human energies on really getting connected to good humans. But we've lost a lot of that. And I think they're, the companies that are succeeding in recruiting are the ones that are going back to what is the more personal approach? How do I how do I actually connect with real people? And often that's through employee referral. But I, from a, a job seeker, I think we have too many people who still think that playing by quote unquote the rules is the way to find a new opportunity. People don't hire resumes. People hire people. This is why networking is so important and not networking in the way of knock, knock, knock. Do you have a job for me? Knock, knock, knock. Do you have a job for me? It's networking using your curiosity about What's happening in that company? Where's the pain? Where's the problem that is happening that maybe the things that I bring could uniquely be able to solve? It is a more laborious approach, absolutely, but it is only through people that people are finding opportunities. There are very few opportunities that are really getting filled through our over-automated systems, and uh, that process just is known to be broken. Yeah, and I, I'm glad I. That's such a point because for me it's such a pet peeve, and um, just a quick. When I was CEO, um, I would go look at the resumes for a position and see which ones the HR rejected. And it was because they'd go through that keyword process, and if there was a keyword missing, and there was so many great potential candidates that just didn't even get through it. There's actually some really interesting research right now, too, with a lens to diversity and inclusion about people who the systems, you know, because, I mean, a keyword scraper is only as good as the Mm. human being who programmed it to begin with, right? Um, And so screening out potential candidates who maybe don't fit a traditional mold, but could be a great person for your world. And there's been some interesting research about the, you know, both gender bias as well as, uh, as you know, bias based on uh, the, your type of name that might have a, uh, some kind of a, a connotation to your country or background. I mean, it's, uh, the systems do not serve us for the goals of finding great people to do great work inside great companies. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad to hear that from an expert too, because that's always been my thought, but moving on, let's say, which, you know, there are companies who are getting this, these systems, um, they're working better now. Okay. And there are some things and you do have referrals and you do get interviews, but you still have this profile that you have on LinkedIn or you have on the paper. How do you start to to rewrite that story to really reflect what you really want? I think that the idea of rewriting your story is being able to see yourself not through the lens of who you were five years ago, but who the lens of who you're becoming, the lens of who you want to be. And very often we get stuck in an old story. And this isn't making things up, but this isn't fake it till you make it. I am so against the fake it till you make it. (laughs) This is actually realizing that, you know, neutrally, everything you see, there's another side to. So it's kind of like um, like the old magic eye pictures where, you know, where at first it's just a lot of dots, but then you look harder and then it's like, oh, it's, it's like a pool of sharks. You know, the sharks were always there, but you couldn't see them until you went looking for what's there. And I think we all have to do that from time to time with our own career, where we might put a label on ourselves. Oh, I'm a project manager. Oh, I'm a communication director. What are we doing? Doing really, you know, how are we? And I go back to what's the pain we're solving? What's the problem we're solving? So that project manager actually may be uh, saving time and money for a you know, three hundred thousand person company. There's probably something that's bigger or that's tied to greater goals that that person's doing. 
or their role may have evolved, but they still are calling themselves the same thing or describing their work in the same way. This is where a coach or a mentor or just somebody else who sees what you do can help you see it differently and rewrite that story. I call it getting outside of the jar. We can't see the label from inside the jar. <laughs> That's good. And if, But, you know, a lot of people, do you think this is harder to do at different points in your career? I mean, uh, if you're just starting, your career, you probably don't even probably have a half a story, you know, maybe your values, you're, you're writing it, but then you're in the middle of your career, you're in the end of your career. Um, does it change as you develop through your career, how you rewrite your story? Oh, I think your story changes all the time. And I think it's a good exercise to every so often, whether it's every quarter, or every six months to take a big step back and say, what is the work that I'm doing now? Where Where is the value that I'm contributing now? And to worry less about, I see a lot of people wasting time on resumes and tweaking resumes and, and, and looking for what's the perfect setup and what's the perfect keyword. And instead of thinking about, like, what is my story? In a nutshell, what are the things that where do I soar? You know, where do I bring my superpowers to work? Um, and being able to talk in terms of how you help others, how you make that difference, as opposed to in sort of other people's terms. Mm-hmm. Create your story in your terms. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be proud of at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about that in your book, too, because and you talk about how language is so important. Okay. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's funny. In recent years, you will hear a lot of executives say, well, it has to be short and sweet, you know, get to the point, be concise. And I actually heard a interview the other day with uh, uh, Indra, uh, Indra Nui, the former CEO of PepsiCo. And she talks about how this was advice she got early in her career. And she realized that when she would be focusing on being short and sweet and concise, that half of the message could potentially be missed. And this is actually some interesting research that has been happening around digital communication or move to digital communication. Short and sweet isn't always effective and accurate. We Words still matter. When we try to get too brief, when we try to strip all the emotion out of our conversations, whether those conversations be written or verbal, we we lose an aspect of it. So it doesn't mean meandering on forever, but it does mean not holding yourself back to saying, oh, I only have 140 characters or 240 characters. You know, I, I, and you need to express what you need to express um, and and be able to use your words and make them work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, great point there. And um, just quick, and in making these words and trying to make it work, um, you talk also in the book a little bit about appreciation. Okay. And, and, you know, sometimes I think we don't appreciate ourselves or we don't appreciate other people um, as much. What, what role does that play? The art of appreciation is probably the most undervalued technique if you're uh, a manager, if you're a parent, if you are anybody who cares Mm. about other people. And your point is really well taken. Or if you're somebody who cares about yourself, there's so much that we overlook because we take it for granted. I often say to people I'm speaking to, you make it look easy. You're so caught up in you know the thing that you do, but when you break it apart, there may be 30 different steps in that one thing that your leader or your client only sees the one end step. So we can often make it look easy. So we've got to recognize how do we, how do we talk, accelerate appreciation, talk more, you know, be grateful, but not just a blanket thank you, but a you know, thank you, Bob. I really noticed that you took extra time to talk to the new hire, and I can see how that's really going to help him. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. To find those specific specific things that you can be appreciative of, and be appreciative of what you're doing yourself too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's a great point because it also comes to recognizing the contribution because everybody makes a contribution to something, and sometimes that doesn't get recognized. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna 
take a short break again, uh, Darcy. And when we come back, I want to talk about defining success and and how you know you know overcoming fear. How how do we move in this direction? And for our listeners, we're talking to Darcy Eichenberg, and she's an executive coach. Uh, speaker. Uh, She works with high-performing leaders and teams. She's worked with Coca-Cola, Microsoft, State Farm, Deloitte, Hewlett Packard, and other teams. She's the author of Bring Your Superpowers to Work, Your Guide to More Clearly to Clarity, Confidence, and Control. She blogs regularly, and she has contributed to the Harvest Business Review. And she has a new book out, and it's called Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job, and it's available on Amazon. If you'd like to reach out to Darcy, you can reach out to her on Red Cape Revolution. Um, that's .com. That's her website. And on Facebook, it's Red Cape Revolution. And on Instagram, it's Coach Darcy Eichenberg. And she's also on LinkedIn under Darcy Eichenberg. This show is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative write, white papers, and Thought Leadership Thursdays every Thursday at 1700 Central Europe time. So to learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Darcy Eichenberg, and she's an executive coach and speaker. She's worked with many high-performing leaders and teams such as Coca-Cola, Microsoft, State Farm, Deloitte, Hewlett-Packard, and many other great companies. And she's an author. She's the author of Bring Your Superpowers to Work, Your Guide to More Clear Clarity, Confidence, and Control. And she has a new book out, and that's what we're talking about today. And that is Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. And it's available on Amazon. So, Darcy, um, we, we left the last segment with really something important, recognition and appreciation, okay? Um, one quick question, because you talk about in the book this, a lot of people confuse appreciation and gratitude, um, can you just say a couple words about that? 
Sure. Well, first of all, it's not a competition, right? You know, we yeah. we can be grateful for so many things in our life, and 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 hopefully, you know, all of your listeners are. And it's always as we come toward the end of the year, it's a perfect time to reflect on that. How many things we can be grateful for? But when we talk about appreciation, appreciation is really more of the voiced aspect of what we're grateful for and noticing. Um, that in others. And I think especially in our careers and in our workplaces, we don't speak to appreciation enough. We don't pull out the very specific things that we notice somebody doing or that we, uh, we are we are grateful that they've taken the time to do. We say a lot of thank yous and I hear this a lot from leaders. It's like, oh, thank you, thank you, you know, but Does somebody really feel it? Like, is there the beat there? And do they get the data out of it? We talked about words before, but, you know, are we spending enough time just in that beat to explain why I am appreciating this, to pull out those things? This can also help somebody if you want to be a better leader and you're trying to help your team see the true value that they are bringing or even a better colleague being able to say, I appreciate the fact that when you didn't agree in that meeting, you spoke up and you gave us some other things to think about. I really appreciate that. Like we can appreciate even stuff that wasn't like the the, the winning, you know, the winning team or we can really express more appreciation. And that's what, just it's something I think that also helps us feel better. There's research that when we appreciate more, we get to appreciate ourselves and it helps us feel better and stay in positive motion instead of getting caught up in all the negative emotion. Back to that monkey brain we were talking about at the top (laughs) of the interview. Yeah. And I think appreciation, I mean, when I thought about it too, um, you know, I think we all kind of redefined the word when we went through the pandemic because all of a sudden we're appreciating, you know, I, I mean, we have, we have the ability to travel or we have the ability to see family or appreciate family. So I think, I think this one word that was reflected on um, during this whole lockdown where a lot of us made a kind of reflected on ourselves and another thing is is success okay um and you talk about um that in your book about redefining success okay and uh, in the pandemic we saw people you know working from home redefining it could be successful there but redefining success in the big picture can can you talk to our listeners about that a little bit Success and its little brother ambition, I think, are two really interesting (laughs) words right now that I'm having a lot of conversations with clients about, both clients who have large teams and they want their teams to feel successful, but also individuals who are asking some of these bigger questions and trying to make a plan for what's the next stage in their life and their life at work. And the truth is that success is something that has to be defined by each of us individually. And often that's not necessarily easy work. That's not work where we can just go and sit by ourselves for a weekend and meditate on and say, oh, that's what success is. Because there's a lot of different competing messages out there. Um, you know, the messages around money or status or recognition, um, or but which may be exactly how you want to define success. And there's no right or wrong in that. I think sometimes we we the pendulum moves the other way. Like we get vilified that hey, someone's financially successful and then they must be doing something bad. That's not that's not necessarily true. Um, but we each have to come to the what does success look like for me? You know, what is the story that I want to be able to tell that that connects with my values that also helps me moving keep me moving forward in the right things. One of the things that I see happening quite a bit right now during this great resignation, great reshuffle, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> is that one of the only visible uh, poker chips is money. It's more bon- a bigger bonus, a sign-on bonus, um, you know, higher pay. And that feels like, well, okay, I should want that because it's more money, a bigger bonus, higher pay. 
but not recognizing that if that's the only thing, then that's not going to be enough for some people. I mean, money is fantastic. And I want every single one of your listeners to be paid what they're worth and what, you know, and, and get what they what they have earned. And at the same time, it's not it's not a scorecard that stays the same. We can be thrilled that we're suddenly going to be making $5,000 more across a year and in another three months go back to the same things that weren't satisfying us in our workplace, mm. whether that be relationships, whether that be does this work have any meaning to me? Uh, whether that be, do I have time for my family or friends? Or whether that be, do I have enough freedom to do other activities? Yeah, yeah. Really, really good point. And you're right. It has to be defined by each of us. But, you know, as we go through this process, Darcy, one of the things you talk about is this is kind of scary to do. I mean, you got to sit down and, and redefine success. You have to kind of uh, say what are your values. You have to rewrite your story and a lot of times we're just afraid to do that okay um we have this barrier that doesn't allow us to move forward H how do you get the courage to to start to move in this direction yeah the the getting past that four letter word fear is huge um and but we have to recognize that this is this is a normal process of us growing up, growing forward, you know, becoming who we're going to be, that nothing is ever 100% clear. I think in our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, they to some degree didn't have the luxuries of mm. asking some of the bigger questions because there were more, there were the things that were in front of them. How, how are we going to eat today? How are we, you know, how are we going to um, be able to keep the house warm this winter? And there are still certain people in our countries all over the world that these questions Questions are important to them. But for the, you know, the group of people who have the ability to ask some of these bigger questions about their life and what they want, I think my perspective is that we, when we learn to talk back to that little lizard brain in our, in our head, we recognize that the fear is all made up in many ways that, that, you know, we are going to, we're, we're going to have to decide what it is that's important to us. And the challenge with deciding and why so many people stay in what I call the swirl is that deciding means even the Latin, the Latin definition of, of decide just to the root of, of desir, to cut. You yeah. know, when you decide, you're to cut something off. Yet we want all, we want it all, right? But when we make decisions is and we make choices, we can have less stress, we can have less of the swirl, we can move forward faster, but it does mean leaving something behind in order to get more of what you want. And that's sometimes counterintuitive to what we've been taught to say, well, we can have everything. We can't really have everything, but we can have what we want if we make the decisions about what that is. Yeah, and you talk about that in the book, and that's a very good point about dropping some balls, okay? Um, and I think it's interesting that, you know, some people, and, and I'm going to say, I'm going to put a little gender studies in this, especially women, sometimes don't like to drop the balls or are afraid to say no, okay? You know, but um, um, it, it, I think dropping the balls is something that you talk about in the book, and that's important. It's actually becoming one of the most uh, talked about chapters in the book, uh, to what to surprise to me, but I think it does reflect how we're feeling overwhelmed. We're mm. feeling like we've got so much, but the truth is we don't need more time. What we need is better choices. Right. And even for folks who say, well, it's all my workload. It's all stuff that other people are coming to me. If we are not recognizing back to, you're talking about, you know, writing our story, who are we at our best and highest use? Where is the best use of my time for what the company is paying for me? Often there are things that we are doing in our job because it's just slipped in over time or things that we see, well, that would be a good idea, but then they start to become, uh, become, become hardened and mm -hmm. it becomes one more thing in our work. And we don't often lift up and kind of take a hard look at the work that we're doing and say, wait a minute, 
are all these things really contributing to what I'm, you know, what what's most important for this role, for yeah. what I'm measured on, for what I want to do? And I've often found that by taking a really good look, there's plenty of things that we can drop without even having, you know, anybody tell us to yeah. drop, not even asking yeah. anybody. And this, yeah. and that's work that's important to do. And I think I'm going to make my list tomorrow. So, <laughs> so for you. Anyway, for you. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the show. So just, I mean, if you had like, let's all wrap it into uh, one or two big tips for the, for, for the listeners on, on, um, you know, their career, getting this right and moving on. My one big tip is what's become my personal mantra and I offer it to all of your listeners. It's to remember that somebody out there needs me. The, the fact is that when we get discouraged in our careers, when we hit that speed bump, when we feel like we're in the swirl, it feels so hard, we forget that there is somebody who is out there who actually needs what we bring, needs what we do, needs who we are, and being able to remember that, okay, yeah, I'm going to make that extra phone call or I'm going to network with this person or ask for what I need or overcome the fear because it's not about me, it's about that person. And I may not even know who that person is yet, but somebody out there needs you, and I find this over and over again to be true. Yeah. And I think that that's an absolutely wonderful tip because it it is true. And I it's a great way to leave our listeners to say, yes, remember, somebody needs you. So, Darcy, it's been thank you so much. This has been absolutely wonderful. Okay. Um, great insights. Great book for our listeners. We've been talking with Darcy Eichenberg, and she is an executive coach, a speaker. She's worked with high performing teams and leaders, the Coca-Cola Company, Microsoft, State Farm, Deloitte, Hewitt Packard, and many other companies. Uh, she is focusing on career growth, employee engagement, and leadership development. And she's a speaker at conferences and for organizations all over the world. She's also the author of two books. And the first one is Bring Your Superpowers to Work, Your Guide to More Clarity, Confidence, and Control. She also blogs regularly on redcaperevolution.com. That's her website, so please go to her website. And this new book that just came out is called Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. And it is available on Amazon, and I Highly recommended, a great read. So once again, to reach out to Darcy, redcaperevolution.com is the website. On Facebook, it's Red Cape Revolution. On Instagram, it's Coach Darcy Eichenberg. And on LinkedIn, Darcy Eichenberg. So Darcy, once again, thank you so much. This has been really a good, uh, very enlightening. And um, we could talk for another you know, half hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could. There are so many interesting issues in this space. And there are so many challenges that we're all going through right now. So I think we really want to make sure that everybody does have the opportunity to bring their superpowers to work. And, and if we can help people stay where they are and find more of what they want, that also helps our society and helps each other too. So glad to be That's here. Great. Thank you. And for our listeners, you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And if you'd like to reach out to me, please reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And tell me what you'd like to listen to on this broadcast. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences. They do market research. They write legislative white papers on digital. They also have a wonderful e-learning platform that is focused on small business, startups, lifestyle companies, or for product managers wanting to launch new products. So go to www.cinda.org to see their e-learning platform that is in cooperation with Boss Capital. And tune in to us every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time, or listen to us after on almost any podcast platform across the net. And with that, thank you for listening and tune in again next week. Thank you.
you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.